there! Welcome to Ag Trends by AgVend, a podcast where we dig into a new era in ag retail and explore the strategies being used by pioneers in the ag industry. Well, welcome to another episode of Ag Trends, a podcast by AgVend. My name is Anna Cardoz, and I'm a product marketing manager with AgVend. And today we are joined with a special guest that we here at AgVend know very well. It is Alexander Raycher, who is our CEO and co-founder. Hey, Alexander. Hey, Anna. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm flattered being called a special guest. I don't know if I, I, I should get that moniker. We're excited to have you today. So, Alexander, for those listening to the podcast who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, thanks, Anna. Well, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have the pleasure of growing up uh, on a farm or, or in in the agricultural community. Uh, I was born and raised in a small town um, uh, in New England, actually, uh, and found my way into agriculture after several years uh, in the technology space uh, and actually in more of the traditional retail and and the banking and the automotive space, um, helping those industries go through a very similar transition to what we're seeing now in agriculture. Uh, but really wanted to to get into to this field and, and and found that agriculture being such a foundational element of society uh, wanted to very much use um, kind of some of the experiences I I learned in other industries and try to try to help and and kind of bring them in into the ag space and so um, started back in I think it was 2016 joined a company called Mavericks which was in the aerial imagery space. Um, as their VP of product. Uh, and then about a year later, we, we um, uh, left Mavericks, my co-founder and I, and started, started AgVent. So that's, that's the story. And now we've been running and growing this business ever since. Fantastic. And so to kick it off, Alexander, you know, since you've been in technology and also you know, have worked in ag tech beyond just AgVent, what's an innovation in agriculture that you never thought would take off but has? Yeah, you know that's a that's a great one, and I think what what we're seeing is actually there's a lot of innovations that are are taken off in the space. Uh, one of my favorites being um, guys over at Rentizo with their with their drone spraying technology. I thought that, that they have a pretty interesting uh, uh, product there. Um, but actually, one one innovation which isn't actually a product is more of a business theory or business strategy innovation that I've uh, seen really take off in the space, especially in the last three years. Uh, is this selective uh, service model uh, that uh, a lot of our retailers, actually our retail partners that have joined us on AgVent, are starting to experiment or, or have fully rolled out. And, and this is uh, aimed at uh, the, the a grower segment um, that doesn't, doesn't necessarily need all the services that an ag retailer provides, but rather does require some of the service w- services, whether it be custom application or field scouting or agronomic recommendations. Uh, but they want to be able to selectively choose that and bundle that into their uh, to their CAM purchases, CAM fertilizer, and see their input purchases. Uh, and I think this selective service model is something that we are going to start to see much more of uh, as the industry um, evolves. Uh, and I think initially I was quite skeptical. I was a uh, you know, big believer in the full service model. But I think as we've seen farmers and farm size get, get larger, as well as farmers doing a lot of their own research or finding different ways of investing in their own farms, um, it's, it's made them uh, you know, not require a, a, the, the full service offering of that retailer, but actually want to still be more selective in, in that service offering. Yeah, and so noticing that selective service model, it, was that something that led you and Ellie to start AgVend three years ago? Or what really drew you two to start AgVend with our inaugural product of the AgVend Marketplace? Yeah. So Ellie, just just for those listening, Ellie is our our uh, our, our my co-founder and and uh, heads our engineering and product team and um, is uh, is really the brains behind all of this. Um, I just I'm just the, uh, you know I'm just the face, right? Um, he's the brains for sure. Uh, but yeah, so I think back in 2017, something that we noticed was that there was a tremendous amount of money in the ag space going to um, in the ag investment space going towards very comp solving very complicated problems uh, um, in ag, uh, whether that be you know trying to fly uh, planes and drones and satellites uh, over fields and compress that Im- imagery data and make uh, sense of that for the grower, which is what we were working on in Mavericks, 
uh, or it was a lot of the work in the microbial world, um, de developing these new micronutrients, and or some of the stuff that um, you know Trace Genomics is working on with their with their soil sampling technology. And um, there's tremendous amounts of investment in the agronomic um, challenges uh, that are there in ag. Um, and very sophisticated and challenging aspects of, of agriculture. But there wasn't much going into just making it easier to, for growers to do business uh, with their ag retail. Uh, and we found that that was a real need. Uh, it was a re need that we started to hear coming up because Mavericks worked and sold through ag retailers. So we spent a lot of time with them as, as our reseller partners, essentially. Um, but we also spent, I spent a lot of time personally with uh, with growers um, and helping to understand their needs. And one of the things that we heard a lot of was, hey, I, you know, I don't necessarily want to uh, leave my retailer altogether. I don't want to go to a no service model and, and have to go buy through um, the guys from like a, an FBN, for example, or a farm trade, one of those digital broker dealers. Um, really what I, what I want is just some easier way to do business with my, my, my ag retailer guys I've been working with for the past 30 years, 40 years. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the two of us kind of put our heads together and said, all right, how do we bring commerce into this, into this space? How do we, how do we, how do we solve that goal? How do we make it easier for, for growers to do business with their ag retailers? And one of the key tenants of AgBend is really to focus on using digital to create uh, uh, efficiencies, not redundancies. Uh, and so some of the other third party players in the space uh, especially as of late, or you, you start to see them morph into more of um, kind of trying to recreate the channel. They said the channel is broken, so we're going to just go and head recreate it or try to circumvent the channel and do it our own way. We really believe that there are a lot of there's a lot of good um, that is baked into the channel. There's a lot of good for the for the end customer, being the American grower. Uh, and how do you how can you leverage digital to actually create to to essentially remove a lot of those inefficiencies that are natural in these big complex supply chains. How do you use digital to remove some of those inefficiencies? And that's really what was the spark behind AgBend and saying, all right, how do we, how do, we do that? What does that look like? How, how do we make that work? And so um, it's always been about um, you know, creating and, and, and strengthening the relationship between uh, the ag retailer and their grower customers and just doing it in a heck of a lot more efficient way. Um, than it had been done in the past. Yeah, and so that's fantastic. And I think that many would agree with you that, you know, there's a lot of good there. And when you started AgVend, you started with the marketplace. And so talk to us a little bit about that decision, kind of what that marketplace was. And I, I think that's how most of our um, listeners and that most of our folks out there know AgVend is through that marketplace. Yeah, uh, that's a great, uh, great question. So we, we started with the agven.com marketplace. The marketplace was a collection of ag retailers. I think 90, we had 90 plus um, at the time, um, essentially last month, so at the peak. Uh, and effectively what, what those retailers were doing, these, these were, you know, one location dependence all the way up to um, large regional cooperatives to large national um, um, uh, retailers in, in the United States. And what we allowed them to do was effectively list their inventory uh, under the ag brand of like at ag, the ag marketplace and, and allow growers to come search for that product, make purchases. Uh, but ag brand was never the seller of record. What we did was we connected them directly to that ag retailer that had sold the product. Uh, and so in a lot of ways, what our retailers were doing in this, in this um, kind of stage was uh, very much kind of dipping their toe in the water trying to understand what the experience should be, what growers were looking for online, what that segment was, how big it was, um, what the price point needed to be, uh, and, and really try to understand and, and, and kind of sift through the digital marketplace that was, was very quickly um, developing. Uh, in this space. And so that was really the, you know, the agri marketplace we launched in, in the spring of 2018. We grew it very quickly did its job. Uh, it really focused on a, a certain segment of grower that was out there, which was a what we call transactional value seekers. They are digital cash and carry customers. They want very little service. They have little, very little allegiance to one core ag retailer. Um, and, uh, and they're just really looking for a good product at a competitive price. Uh, and so we put that market at about 10% today. 
uh, and growing, but not growing at a very aggressive growth rate. Uh, we knew though, going back to what way to the story I told you of, of kind of why we started Agvin, we knew that growers really just wanted to do business directly with their ag retailers, not having to work through, through these third party intermediaries, um, but they wanted to do it in a more digital fashion. Uh, and we had known this from day one. And so the plan was always uh, start with the Agvin marketplace, allow our retailers to experiment, understand the market, kind of see how big that segment is, see how different segments of growers want to engage online, uh, but ultimately also launch a white-labeled um, tool set, which we now call the Grower Portal, it would allow our ag retail partners to launch their own digital experience for their core customers. Uh, and so that was very much, has always been part of the plan. Uh, and we just, yeah, I, I think when we started, I, th I thought it was going to take us about five or six years to get there. Um, it took about two and a half. Um, and ag retailers have been have been very much uh, responsive to this and wanting to launch that experience for their their core customer. So as of you know September 30th, what we did was we sunset the marketplace to focus all resources on developing and scaling this white labeled grower portal product line. You said that it was always in the plan, knowing that growers and ag retailers alike would want to evolve to have more of that branded one-on-one -on -one relationship with their grower just in a more digital fashion so help everyone understand kind of how you knew or how you anticipated that that trend was going to happen and why knowing that you still decided to start with the transactional marketplace yeah that's a that's a phenomenal question so i think and part of the background that i missed on my uh on my, my personal background was that i spent a chunk of my career helping uh, traditional retailers as well as banks and automobile dealership groups go through a very similar experience to what we're going through now in agriculture. It just happened about seven to 10 years ago, uh, which was they have very strong physical sales presence. And that is where the majority of the business is done and the value is transacted. Um, but they had experimented with kind of these online channels and had kind of dipped their toe in the water, you know, whether it be Target, for example, who had gone the Amazon route, let Amazon run their digital experience, just said, hey, we're gonna use Amazon as our channel. We're not even gonna set up a way for customers to buy from Target. There was no, there was no idea at Target.com. It was just like, okay, we're gonna just go through Amazon. Ultimately, Target kind of said, well, that may not be, we should probably have a digital strategy at some point. Um, but it was really this, this, this understanding of how other industries, and let me qualify this too, because ag is, you know, is so different than any other industry that I, I've had the pleasure of working with in. But ultimately, there are definitely some lessons that we saw play out in other industries that we're now seeing play out in agriculture. And one of those theories that we had was exactly this, that there would be ways of kind of getting a limited exposure to the online marketplace, to selling online, to experimenting, reaching that online grower. Um, you know, the target.com example or is target selling through Amazon first and then launching target.com is a good example of that. Um, and so we knew that that was going to be kind of step one. And how do you allow ag retailers to experiment in a very low risk format? They didn't have their brand out there. They didn't need to have this be naturally integrated into all the other aspects of their business. Um, and so that's why we started with the Agvin marketplace. And then I should also add that, you know, you, you have the threats from these third parties. We're all, all targeting growers that really were looking for this type of buying experience. Now, that's a minority segment of growers, and we can get into this later, but there is a majority segment of growers out there, these core customers that want to continue doing business with their ag retailer. They just want to do it in a more digital fashion. And so those growers are best served in a way that they're not having to go through a third party to do business online. They're not having to go to Amazon to buy from Target. They actually go to target.com because they have that relationship with Target directly. Uh, and so that's the same thing that was kind of, that's why we had the roadmap to say, all right, let our ag retailer partners experiment in the marketplace and then work with them on the white labeled side to think about how this will integrate into how they go, go to market today. Because one thing that we've learned, we saw in other industries, is if you have this kind of multi-channel strategy that doesn't have a natural kind of connection point back into your business, it can really cause a negative customer experience. And as simple as I always bring up this Best Buy use case where you would go, you would go to Best Buy back in the early 2000, like around 2010, or 2009, 
and you would you you could you had you know obviously smartphones were a thing so you could literally be on bestbuy.com and see the price of let's say a, a microphone like a, a computer microphone you could see the price on bestbuy.com you could go into the store you could see that that microphone sitting there in the store it's the same microphone that you see online but there but it was actually like 15% more expensive in store than it was on the phone and Best Buy used to have these little cards where you could take pictures of the cards or you could actually bring this little, little physical card that took the price of that microphone and you went up to the register and you said, hey, here's the price that you're listening to this microphone for, but here's what I'm seeing on bestbuy.com. Can you match, like, can you get that price? And Best Buy, like, they, they would key in like a little code and then yes, they would match the price and you would be off and running. But think about how bad of a customer experience that really is. It's just like disjointed. There's a price online from Best Buy that is different in real time than what I'm seeing in the store. Um, and so all of this to say of like those lessons of, that, that takes time to figure out how to make that connection between your in-store experience or in our world in ag, it's really the sales team experience of the sales agronomist meeting with the grower in person. And then you couple that with bringing in this online, this digital channel. You wanna make sure that you're having this blended experience and making it essentially agnostic to whether or not the grower is doing business with that salesperson or he's reviewing a plan that the salesperson sent over and he's clicking to confirm that plan on the mobile app. Uh, you want that to be this blended experience across the different channels that the growers can use. And so I think that was one of the key lessons that we learned and that takes a lot of time. That takes like a lot of thoughtful kind of structure and strategy and understanding and coaching of your team and buy-in of your team. And so that white label strategy was always going to take more time than experimenting with this marketplace. And so that's why we started with the marketplace and then said, we're gonna to expand to the, to the white label uh, product line that was always in our business model. So, you know, you talk about kind of that disjointed experience, Best Buy, I mean, that sounds like it's a really, it was a really unpleasant thing and felt very much like bait and switch probably to a lot of those customers. And so, you know, in agriculture and in ag retail, I think a lot of our retailers or the retailers out there have been conditioned to think that digital means e-commerce and e-commerce is separate from the rest of your business. And they're, you know, the marketplace or the FBNs or, you know, whoever else is out there has almost kind of played into that conditioned mindset a little bit of, hey, you offer a, a transactional value seeking price, that cash and carry price, different from what you offer in store. So as we think about, you know, some of the great lessons learned from the marketplace and leading up to that decision to sunset the marketplace, how do we at AgVend make sure that we are communicating that a digital strategy does not equal transactional e-commerce and how ag retailers can actually incorporate this seamlessly into their, their operations and their current processes? Yeah, um, and so this is quite a timely question because it came up on a crop life webinar. Um, the crop life guys did with Bruce from the Equity and Rusty from Titan Crow and John from the Morale Companies. And Rusty and, and, and Bruce got into this, and one of their answers was this idea around that you know we we've been saying e-commerce and it's just been this focus on this transactional nature, but in reality, it's much broader than that. And so it's always great to hear industry leaders actually um, kind of echo some of the same sentiments that, that you believe, we believe in AgVent. Um, and so that was really exciting to see. And the point, and it's the point that I'm gonna share with you, you here today is, is, is that e-commerce is absolutely can be a piece of your digital strategy, but it's an, actually an optional piece. And so e-commerce just means the ability to buy and sell digital, buy and sell over the internet. Um, and so if you don't want that transactional component to your business, you don't necessarily, if you're launching a digital strategy, a digital engagement strategy for your growers, it doesn't have to be a part of it. Uh, but in agriculture, and also, again, you saw this in all the other industries, there is, it, when, when, when digital was talked about, it always went to this like margin crushing idea of transactional commerce. And in reality, what we've seen play out is that it's it's much more about hey how do you give a unified customer experience that puts your grower at the center of that and lets them have the freedom and the flexibility to choose where and when they do business and have the same experience whether it be calling the sales drivers on the phone or pressing a button on the mobile app 
for meeting with them in person. Um, being able to access the same information, um, sometimes you actually can access more information digitally. Um, being able to have the same experience, same pricing, same product availability. And yes, you can decide, hey, I want to allow growers to go all the way through and actually transact. And then you enter into that e-commerce stage. Or you can just say, hey, I want my growers to be able to look at their invoices or review their purchase history uh, or, um, or, or, or send a, you know, a chat back to a sales agronomist after when, when you receive a plan from them on your mobile app. All those pieces are part of a digital strategy. And you can see it in Agvin's product portfolio. We have our base grower portal, which is view and pay invoices and statements. You have access to purchase history. You have the ability to request quotes. And all of this is through, there's a web-based site, but there's also the mobile app that's branded our partners. But then you have these other packages. And today we have four, we'll have six before the end of, um, end of uh, the calendar year this year. And by this time next year, we'll probably have eight different packages for, for people to choose from. But there are all these advanced modulars uh, that you can add to your grower portal. And one of them is e-commerce. So it's, it's effectively today, e-commerce is 20% of our overall product offering. And it's actually become less over time as we roll out more of these digital packages that fit the mold of a digital strategy, but don't necessarily fit um, that self-serve, that transactional e-commerce experience. Yeah, so in that answer, you coined the, or you used the term digital engagement. And so when we think about digital engagement and how retailers are looking to reach their growers and how growers' expectations um, or, you know, desires to connect with their ag retailers have evolved, what are some trends and some things that you're really seeing with growers' evolution of how they want to interact with ag retailers and how a digital engagement strategy can fit into that? Yeah. So I, I just had a, a great conversation uh, around uh, on, on this topic earlier today, actually. And it was, it, it's, not a, it's not a light switch moment. It's not a um, it's not a moment where all of a sudden, uh, if you launch a digital option for your grower, it's not like all of your growers are going to buy from you and do all of their business digitally. It's not like there's just not like a light switch and all of a sudden you got that, right? Anything that we do from a business perspective, there will be different segments and those different segments will behave in different ways. And what we've seen when you bring digital into it or more when we get to this level of personalization of commerce is that those segments will behave in certain ways one time and completely different ways the other which goes back to the flexibility of allowing your customer to choose where and when put them at the center and let them choose where and when they want to do business so to answer your question around kind of grower trends i think we saw this on the marketplace uh, growers i mean we saw i, I mean at its peak like twenty thousand unique grower visitors on the marketplace on, on a weekly basis um, so, so there was a ton of traffic moving through the marketplace and a lot of times growers, what growers were doing was using it as a research tool, not necessarily a pricing research tool. Let's be very clear about that. Yes, there was some of that, but actually they were comparing products, they were comparing active ingredients, they were using it to build their own budgets. And so they were, they were looking at product labels, they were looking at sell sheets that, that uh, manufacturers were providing through our marketplace. So all of these aspects are kind of the, you know, talk about digital engagement. That is digital engagement right there. And again, you could have cut it, you could have, you could have said, well, I'm sorry, you can't, you can't actually go through and make a purchase on these products. That would have still been a digital strategy. It would have still been something that growers would have engaged with. And what they were doing was essentially they were building their budgets, they were building their understandings, and then they were having conversations with their ag retailers or sales agronomists that were more informed at a higher level and actually could go deeper and get a better plan in place for the growers. So I think that's something to consider is when you think about digital engagement to, to your customer, the relationship with the, ag, with the sales agronomist will remain key. Um, it is something that will be foundational and fundamental. But from a digital component, I think one of the pieces that we as an industry need to wrap our heads around goes back to your earlier question around e-commerce and, um, and, and, and not like digital being much more than e-commerce. But I think this idea of self-serve education uh, and being able to see and access that information prior to the meeting with the sales promise to be informed, more informed during that meeting. Again, it doesn't have anything to do with price. Prices, you know, can and cannot be part of this, this uh, 
you know, why growers want to get informed prior to the conversation, most of the times it's just like, how, you know, what are the active ingredients here? Are there other options for us? Like, can, can, are, is, are we comfortable, you know, switching um, you know, this mix or having this mix with our, with our crop nutrients perspective? Um, and so I think those are the type of pieces that digital engagement actually misses. Um, and I think that's something that is really interesting and was a trend we saw in the marketplace that we're now seeing carry over to our portals. And from there, you can extend digital engagement to messages shared directly, digital messages shared directly between agronomists and, and the grower. You can, which, you know, AgVend is set up so that our, our grower portals are set up so that you're always, any phone number you see or anytime you send a message, it doesn't go to some centralized person who doesn't have a relationship with the grower. It actually goes directly to the, the sales agronomist that is tied to that grower. So our digital tools build on that relationship. We keep that relationship at the center and just we build on top of it. And so I think there are a lot of aspects where beyond you know, research and education of product, self-serve research and education of product, there's communication that comes into that digital engagement piece. Um, and I think those are the kind of the, and then you can have like the, the ability to engage or review information that was talked about at another time, ability um, to pull up information that you know, previous purchase history very easily with two clicks of the button. Those are kind of the key pieces that I think go far, much farther beyond e-commerce, much farther beyond the traditional way of thinking about digital engagement. So hope, I know that was a long rambling answer, but I think that, I think we got to some of the answer that you were looking for there. Yeah, that's okay. I think I could decipher really what it boils down to. And it's, it's really, you know, a, not necessarily about the transactions or that component, but about connectivity. And we know that agriculture is based on relationships and those relationships in ag, I think will never go away. I mean, I think yeah. about the relationships my dad has with his sales agronomist and his trusted advisors. And regardless of what kind of digital tool he can use for research or for, you know, back office invoice payment, statement review, whatever, those relationships will always remain true for him. And he'll always probably trust the, the word of the sales agronomist over anything he finds online, but he's more informed going into those conversations because of what he found online. So I think there's yeah. some really neat ways that we can continue to connect sales agronomists with growers and really make that sales agronomist almost available 24 seven because the grower is able to find that information, know that at the end of the day, their pricing requests or their messages in the portal are going to go back to that trusted resource that they have. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's, it's, a, it's a great point. I think there, there's another piece there that's hidden under a little bit is, is that we talk a lot about digital touch points of a way of actually uh, analyzing how well uh, a digital strategy is doing. So it's not all about how much dollars is moving to the platform. It's about how often your growers are using it to access information. And you want to make sure you're being able to capture those digital touch points. But on that point, with those digital touch points, the ability for growers to do some of that, um, you know, I would say, let's call it like basic blocking and tackling work on their own, whether it be reviewing, seeing their credit limit or checking out, seeing when an invoice is due. Um, these are like simple, basic blocking. We call them B&Ts uh, at AgVan. And they're simple blocking and tackling use cases. But what that does is that it enables us to take a touch point with the sales agronomist that would have been rather mundane and move it into an, in, into an area where the grower can actually self-serve that. And again, not all the growers are going to want to do this, but some of your growers are going to move into this mode where they're going to take some of those basic use cases, basic blocking and tackling um, touch points and do them for themselves. That's not, sometimes I, that looks at it, some, some people look at it as a negative thing, but in reality, what you want to do is allow them to do that. One, because it makes it easier for them to do business with you. And a lot of customers are valuing that more than ever. But two, it enables them to have a more informed conversation and to essentially tie, tie your time up as a sales agronomist less around, you know, checking the basic B&Ts more around, hey, what are we going to do about this season? Because, you know, what, like, what's the most recent update on the dicamba regulations? And how are we going to plan accordingly if we have dicamba this year or if we can use dicamba uh, products this year or if not? Those are the type of conversations that really show the value add of that sales agronomist and that, and that grower and that relationship between the two. Not necessarily the sales agronomist having to go and, you know, dig out an invoice for a grower that he could have easily pulled up with two clicks. 
Yeah, that's all great points. And it kind of got me thinking a little bit. So, you know, when we think about the grower portal, there's a lot of really easy ways to show how valuable it can be for growers, for an ag retailer's customers. But what does it necessarily mean to implement something like a grower portal or have that digital strategy for the sales team? You know, how does this really impact their day-to-day -day roles? How does this impact how they operate in a normal day? Yeah, Anna, this is a great one. This is a great, great question. I, right, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to answer it directly, not go down a you know rabbit hole here like I've been doing. But um, I think uh, one thing that we learned very early on at Agvend was, and something we always knew, but it was confirmed, was again that importance of the relationship between the sales agronomist and that grower. Um, but ultimately, we think a lot, and I think the industry, similar to how we kind of over-applied as, as, as Bruce Fernand at the equity coin, I thought that was a great, over-applied e-commerce to too many use cases. I think the same can be said um, around this idea of the, the, the value of a digital strategy being uh, only directed, only, only available to the grower. And right. I think that's something that we need, to, we need to get away from because actually there's a tremendous amount of value of putting the same information and getting the same information available to the sales agronomist in a much easier format than having to pull out their computer, run a report that may take a half an hour, may take three hours, just to get access to what their grower purchased last month. Uh, that's the type of things where you know, we can really create some significant efficiencies and improve the experience, not for the grower, for the grower, of course, but not necessarily just for the grower, but also for the sales reps and for the sales team and the internal teams, the back office team. Putting that information in a format that is very easily accessible is something that can really increase the experience and the efficiency of the sales teams that are so crucial in the value chain that we have today. Um, and so I think that's something to keep in mind. And I also think when you're rolling out a digital strategy, one of the things that we always coach our partners on, uh, because we do a lot, you know, come to Agben, you're going to get, we're going to try to give you the best, best in class um, technology, right? That, that's, you know, that, that's something almost table stakes for us. But, but what we realize is that a lot of our partners are embarking on this digital transformation of their business as a whole. And so why we never use the word customers to refer to our partner retailers that come and join us is because it's much more of this partnership. And we are there to help our partners, our retailers, go through this digital transformation and help them through this step. One of the key things that we underscore from day, even before we sign the contract, it's almost like a qualifying point, are you ready for this? But definitely through training is that your sales team, one needs to be bought in, two needs to be, have the education and the development necessary to be pros at this, but three ultimately needs to see the value themselves, needs to understand that this digital tool set is actually going to provide that value for them as in, in the way that they do business. They know it's going to be a great customer experience for their grower and the growers who choose this option, but what's so crucial is making sure that you communicate the value to them and their day-to-day because -day. there's just a tremendous amount of value that a properly implemented digital strategy can unlock for your internal teams. Yeah, really giving them kind of that aha moment of everything, I think particularly because how important mobile is in the lives of these sales agronomists, crop advisors, and growers alike. You know, everyone has their phone in their hand 24-7. And so for a crop advisor or sales agronomist to be able to access that pertinent information just with a couple of clicks from an app, I think, you know, that alone is kind of mind-blowing for a lot of them of, how they can see some of that instant value or use cases, start thinking through those use cases right away. Yeah. So if you, if you had to yeah. boil down in th you know, a couple of bullet points, uh -oh. what, a grower, <laughs> what a grower, I'm shortening your question, your answers oh, here. Right. If uh, you had to boil it down to a few bullet points of what a grower portal can really unlock or provide for growers and our re partner retailers alike, what would those things be? Yeah. And um, so I think, you know, we have, uh, what's really interesting is we have um, these like three core value props 
uh, that that we we talk a lot about at Agvent. And what's really interesting about them is that they face the grower, but they also are value props for the sales team. So it's a great connection to what I was just talking about, all the value um, that's that's there. And so um, the first the first is saving time, right? So we are we are helping to save time to get access to the information in the easy format, but really to save time getting access to that information. The other piece is reducing paperwork. So we always, our, our sales teams and our partners always say, yeah, we go out with stack papers, right? We, it's just, you know, we got, we got papers rolling around the truck, we got papers on our desk, got papers everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and so how do we, and there, and it's papers is, I mean, that's another thing that you can learn from other, other um, uh, industries, but like paper is, it, it's riddled with getting lost, like, right? Papers get lost. They get coffee spilled on them. They get, uh, you know, they get, they get uh, misfiled. Uh, and put into someone else in my other grower's files. And so what, what is nice about digital and kind of moving that paperwork online, and again, you can still have paperwork, right? Everything that we have on the site, you can print out, you can bring your invoices and you can file them in your, in your, in your desk. But all of what we have today, um, I think getting that digitized is, is really important, especially for the growers who want to access that information kind of a more kind of um, neatly organized. And the third one is instant access to uh, information. And so they're all kind of wrapped in to one another, but this one is at the touch of your fingertips. We talked about it with the agronomist, right? Being able to click on his mobile app and with two clicks, be able to pull up the grower, grower information, his contact information, his purchase history, when was the last time he paid his invoices, do he have any, any, um, any, any, uh, questions or any chats outstanding. Those are all just two clicks away for the agronomist. And for the grower, it's the same thing. They have a lot of windshield time, right? We talk a lot about that windshield time, um, but, but, it's, but it's important that they have a very easy and mobile friendly, right? So I think that's key is that 70% of the usage of our tools are done through the native mobile apps that we power. Um, and so it has to be not just mobile friendly, it has to be thought of as your customer is gonna be using your mobile app first. Uh, and I think that instant access to information is encapsulated by the fact that it needs to be a full functioning native mobile app to give your customer that instant access to information. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, windshield time. I just think about some of those long rows where they're in a tractor or in a combine, it's got auto track going and it's a really great time for grower customers to be researching things or checking up on their invoices. Uh, maybe they just got a notification that an invoice has been added to their grower portal. So they hop in there and they're checking that out while they, while they have a little bit of time. So when they go home in those long days during planting and harvesting and throughout the rest of the year, they're not having to spend their time at home where they could be with their kids and their families doing some of that back office work. They're actually able to multitask a little bit more um, throughout the day to really take care of some of those things. So they can really enjoy their free time as much as possible and not be uh, bogged down with all of their paperwork. Yeah, I mean, free time is, especially as you know, during planting and, and, and harvesting, that's, that's hard to come by. So let's just, you know, let's just say, get them, get them to bed faster. You know, get them, get them those two hours of sleep that they've allotted themselves before they have to be back in the combine. So, but yeah, absolutely. I think that, that is the key thing. And you know, there's another story that comes to mind in this conversation where, and um, it was, I remember we were doing a sales training uh, and, and we were doing sales training with one of our, our newest partners um, and we showed them, they would, our, our, our partnership management team, which are assigned to each uh, ag retailer we work with and helps get them through onboarding, but does a heck of a lot more. They're there on the day-to-day, -day, help them again, partner with them to go through this digital transformation. They're there during a training session with five agronomists, I believe. And we're walking them through an example of, of how, um, you know, the order would be placed and the email would be sent to the grower and it would, it would confirm all the details of the order. And then on, on they would go. It was interesting was that one of the agronomists raised their hand, they're like, oh, that's pretty slick. That's, you know, you got, you got order tracking there. Uh, and our part of our PM was like, what? Well, no, order tracking or kind of the whole, you know, field being applied, all, all that, that, that's coming in our logistics package to be released in the next few months. So we don't have like full order tracking. He's like, no, no, no. That's a heck of a lot more than what my growers get today when they say, hey, I want to make this purchase. They, you know, they give me a call. They say, hey, I want to make this purchase. I'm like, okay, well, 
you know, it's booked. Uh, and so it's not something that they have a, a, a natural good paper trail for. Um, and, and in this case, what we provide them, again, that instant access to information, um, you know, that, that email. So if growers like, hey, yeah, let's go forward with this rec or yeah, okay, I'm good on this quote you sent over. Click to confirm, he confirms it. He's gonna get an email instantly that has outlines what he just confirmed. And so he can pull up that information and that's real value add to the, to the grower. And on the flip side to the sales agronomist, he's gonna get copied and CC'd on all that information. That all lives in the mobile app, but it also comes to them through an email communication, which is very important, just to keep everyone on the same page uh, as, as this information starts to flow uh, more digitally than just you know, through phone calls or text messages or meeting in person. Yeah, really streamlining and organizing those communications. So everyone's in the loop, everyone knows what's happening. And you also have records of it where you can search year over year, it sounds like. So those quotes or those orders or whatever it may be, you can go back, whether it's in the app or in your emails or online, and find what you did last year, find what you did last season, and reference that for moving forward to really keep everything neatly housed, um, rather than maybe printing it out and hoping it all gets put into that year's binder. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is that it also cuts down on the... Um, you know, he said, she said, or the miscommunication that is natural and happens all the time in our industry, right? We're typically outside. We're typically meeting in front of big machinery. It's tough to hear. We're trying to get plans done. Uh, we're trying to get things organized. And it's natural that, you know, I, you say, yeah, we're going to go with 100, 100 uh, tons of potash. And I hear 50. Um, or I write down 100, but it looks like 125. And so when I'm putting keying it in later on that day in our ERP, I'm making that mistake. But if you and I are on the same page, if we're seeing that same information and as it flows through our, uh, from an ag retailer perspective, the system, if the grower is still involved in seeing that, then they can call those, those, those um, issues out. Um, and also it's a good, you know, it does cover your, it's a, it's a good one to cover your butt on, uh, you know, just in case you need to, you need to pull up, Hey, you know, Tommy, we talked about this. <laughs> here's yeah. the email train of what, what we, we discussed, or here's the chat going back and forth. And it helps to kind of um, provide that, that information for those once in the blue moon, Hey, you, I told you to do this, you did that kind of conversations, right? Yeah. I mean, I think about my dad and, you know, as the sales agronomist is walking back to that iconic white truck, I think my dad cuts about 10% off of every price that they pay. <laughs> and he's ready to go, you know, when the sales agronomist calls back with the new prices, my dad's like, what the heck? Like, I thought we talked about this price and, you know, any way that we can eliminate that would be fantastic. hundred percent, hundred percent. So Alexander, we kind of went down this trail of talking about the grower portals and talking about how important digital engagement is for ag retailers and how we're evolving um, as an industry, how we're evolving as a company and how growers are evolving. So just to kind of tie this back up, you know, as we think about why AgVend is sunsetting the marketplace and what that actually means um, and what that means for ag retailers and grower customers, just kind of summarize that one last time for everybody as we talked a lot about the new, um, you know, the new direction that I think everybody is going in and why we are deciding to sunset the marketplace rather than keeping that with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, if I had one word, so now we're going to cut it down. No, I'll answer the whole question. <laughs> but if I had to answer it with one word, and I think Margie at, uh, at the scoop would be proud that I would be answering it in one word this time and not rambling on about <laughs> multi-phrase answer to a one word question. But I would say it is, uh, there is a maturity that we are seeing in this industry that has come actually a lot faster than we, than we thought. Um, and it's, you know, we've seen it across independents. We've seen it across large nationals. We're seeing it a lot in the uh, cooperative system as well, um, especially with those Winfield co-ops. I think Winfield has done a phenomenal job of educating their cooperative members on the importance of a digital strategy. Uh, and I think those co-ops are coming to realize, hey, we need to have those tools and we need to have it integrated in how we go to market, which is why they've become you know, one of the biggest chunks in, uh, of our pipeline and our, our most recent prospective partners are these Winfield accounts who are coming to us and saying, hey, we're ready, we're ready to take this step in our business. Um, but all of that to say is that we are seeing that maturity happen in the industry. And I talked about a little bit earlier on, which is this idea of um, you know, 
the marketplace was designed to be the dip the toe in the water. The marketplace was designed to be the one where we could, we could get experience of what on the online grower wanted or what the right experience for the grower online should be. Uh, and then from there build a kind of more white label solution where the retailers could feel proud about putting their brand out there because it came and it's built on the back of three hard, tough years of building that marketplace and learning how growers wanted to do business, these grower portals now have all of those lessons built into the DNA of that grower portal, right? Uh, and so our retailers who are now standing very proudly behind the grower portals that they're rolling out to all of their growers, right? That, you know, this goes out to the thousands of growers that they have under their umbrella. They can stand very proudly behind it and very comfortably behind it because Agman kind of took all the hits and learned all the lessons around how the marketplace or how growers do want to do business online. And we talked some about, about those, you know, those lessons that we've learned. And I think that is, we've encapsulated that and now are moving it into our grower portal. And so, you know, at the end of September, you won't be able to submit orders anymore on the Agman marketplace. That is what we call sunsetting. So that's effectively going um, to, to no longer be a, a place where you can submit orders. Now you can come and you can find and you can be connected to some of the retailers in our network. So if you're a grower and you're like, hey, I really liked buying from you. I really like buying from the retailers that I worked with on your marketplace. A good percentage of them have come over to and have launched their own white label versions through um, our, our technology. So you can come to us if you're a grower and still say, hey, I want to, you know, I still want to work with um, these individuals and, and we can connect you that way. But ultimately, at the end of September, you're not going to be placing orders on the Agvent at agvent.com. You're going to be placing orders through our network of grower portals that have their their brand out there and that you can find by downloading their apps in the mobile, um, in the app stores, Android and the Apple stores, um, or going and searching for them on our website or going and searching for them on Google. So um, that's what's happening. And I think that what's important for everyone to understand, um, and I have to remind myself of it too, is that, you know, again, I reiterate that idea of we're taking all those lessons we learned the hard way over the past three years of building the marketplace. And that has become the DNA and really the foundational stone that we have built the grower portals on top of. Uh, and so our partners can, can feel rest assured that they're not going to have to learn those lessons again or learn those lessons the hard way if they go with us. And, and that's why it's this natural, we've called it an evolution in our business model. It's not a pivot. And we do that intentionally because a pivot typically entails that you're completely doing something completely different. Our business model was always marketplace, open marketplace first, white labeled second, eventually marketplace would go away and the focus would always be on these white label products. I just thought it would take us five years, not three years to get to this point. So that's really exciting. That's where I go back to that maturity piece of the industry that we saw come a lot faster than we thought it was going to come. Yeah, I think the industry has seen a lot of trends accelerated this year. Um, and like you said, on the back of three hard years from AgVend, and it's been a couple of tough years um, in agriculture as well. It's one of those cyclical things that we're seeing. So it's exciting to see this evolution and see what it means for ag retailers and for their customers alike. Absolutely. So Alexander, we've covered a lot of great topics today. We have gotten through a lot of great information. And before we depart today, I have to ask you the question that I ask every guest we have. What is the craziest thing that a customer, whether it was a grower or a retailer, has ever asked you to do? That's a good one. Uh, there are several of these stories that I could share over beers one day, um, <laughs> but maybe not over, over, over the podcast. But, um, you know, one of the stories that sticks out, it was actually early, in my early days, I was still at Mavericks at the time. I was helping a few of our grower customers, well, essentially we were using our aerial imagery. Um, uh, we were finishing up planting and uh, cleaning up the shop and uh, we went for we went for beers um, and then we started really early the next morning. And one of our, uh, one of the customers asked me if I could help them put, uh, um, they're called like stock rollers on, on the combine. You know, just got done planting, but we're already thinking about harvest, right? And so, right. We uh, went in there, it was a May, it was one of those like cold, cold May, Iowa, you know, still feels like winter, you're in late May at this time, but one of those Iowa days. 
Uh, and yes, we had several bush lights that the, the night before. So, you know, headache was, I definitely had a little bit of a headache. When, 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 can't, can't lie about that. Um, and the two of us worked on putting these rollers on. And I just remember that drill we were using. I mean, so I was under the combine hold, holding the rollers, which are like, you know, typically about 35, 40 pounds. So I'm holding it up. And the drill's about right here, right? And so it's right, sorry, in a podcast, right? I'm holding it up right over my head and the drill is more or less, you know, about five inches away from, from where, where my head is. Um, and you can imagine with a good pounding headache from a, from a good night the night before, it was, it was quite something to be doing at 7 a.m. But uh, that was one of my favorite stories of, of just helping out and getting involved and, um, you know, doing, doing what our customers needed to be done. Didn't have anything to do with aerial imagery, but we were helping them out. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love those manual labor tasks that the grower doesn't necessarily want to do on their own. So why not have this guy come in? He's trying to win me over. He can do some some of that. Manual. That's right. That's right. Well, Alexander, I really appreciate you joining us today, talking a little bit about the marketplace sunset and the evolution that we're seeing when we think about digital engagement and digital strategies with ag retailers and what they can offer for their grower customers. So, you know. Lastly, is there any place you want folks to find you, reach out to you, learn more about these grower portals? Yeah, that's a great. Um, so, you know, you, you can obviously go to our, our website. We do have our homepage is kind of markets and shows you kind of the, the more or less what we what we discussed today. Um, and so that's a great place to just do some some self-serve, as we talked about, self-serve research and education without having to talk to someone. Um, you can do right there. You can request a demo, which will connect you to uh, one of our very talented um, partnerships and sales teams. Uh, and, um, and you can always reach out to me at alexander at agven.com um, try to be responsive with email. I'm also um, quite active on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn. I've been trying to build my Twitter profile up, but my, my, my handle is, is at reshare tweets. And my team and the team here makes a joke that at Ray share never tweets uh, should be, would be a better, would be a better handle for me. So, um, but you can, you can find me there. I promise I'm trying to build that up, but it's taken some time. So LinkedIn or email would be best. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm always, I'm always open to have conversations with people in the industry who are thinking about, you know, even it, you don't have to be working with us. You don't have to have any plans working with Advent. We are we 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 take a very much of a all boats rise um, mentality here. Uh, and if you're rolling out a digital strategy, we want to help you. We want to we want to provide you our lessons, our insights that we've learned um, that hopefully can help us as an industry elevate the value add and the, and the way of doing business uh, and just make it a heck of a lot easier and cut the inefficiency out of our market um, to create them an efficient and, and, and um, more convenient experience for our, for our customers. So um, that's where awesome. we're going Well, thanks again for joining us today, Alexander. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning into Ag Trends. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us with the information in the show notes. See you next time.